Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're here listening to the Church on the Rock Leadership Podcast. My name is Heath Watts and I have the honor and privilege of serving this church as a lead pastor. Here at Church on the Rock, we are passionate about leadership growth and we are blessed with an amazing team of leaders. Each week our staff comes together and one of those leaders brings an encouraging word on biblical leadership. We believe and pray that this podcast will help you grow in your leadership journey. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast, stay connected, and know when new episodes drop. Thanks for being a part of this. Now let's get started. Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, so glad you're here. Uh, if you're listening to us online, man, welcome to the Church on the Rock Leadership Podcast. We're so excited to bring you these leadership teachings. Um, if you have not listened to the previous podcast, I want to encourage you to go and listen. There's some quality content there that I believe God can use to speak to you and help us all to grow and learn as leaders. So let's pray this morning and then we'll dive in. Father, I thank you for the day. I thank you for what you want to speak to us today. And Lord, I just pray this morning that you would give me favor to step into the hearts of men and women in this room and those listening uh, online, Lord, to sow a seed that would produce fruit in their life. God, we bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Well, uh, I've had the honor and privilege of being in ministry over 30 years. I know I don't look that old, but I am. And uh, it's been, it's, we've been in great places and not so great places. But one thing that stands out is that I've never met a leader I've never met a pastor, I've never met a business leader, a, a, a principal, an educator, a banker who, who didn't want to set out to be great, who didn't want to be the best they could be. Matter of fact, I've never been in an interview where anyone said in an interview and basically what they said was, hey, listen, I want to run this organization into the ground. Nobody sits in an interview and says, I want to be your worst employee. I want to be your worst team member. Nobody does that because everybody has something in them that wants to be great, that wants to go above and beyond. And nobody, I don't believe there's anyone that ever desires truly to be mediocre. I believe everybody, there's something inside that desires greatness. And most people in an interview, what they're going to do, they're going to talk about what they bring to the organization, how they can break all the records, uh, sales records, how they can grow the church to new heights and new levels. And, and I believe as we sit here this morning in this room, and those of you listening on the podcast, I believe that there is a great leader inside of you. But here's the truth. Great leadership doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. Greatness doesn't just show up one day. I love the quote by Winston Churchill. He says this. He says, the price of greatness is responsibility. Let me say that again. The price of greatness is responsibility. And if you take that word responsibility, it literally means this. It's your response to the ability that God has given you. All of us in this room have been, been give, we've been gifted with abilities, but how are we responding to the ability that God has put in us? That's going to determine whether you settle for greatness or, excuse me, you settle for being good or you move on to greatness. And God, I believe God put a seed of greatness inside all of our hearts. There's, a, there, there's an ability, there's a gifting, there's potential that's inside all of us that God wants to develop and God wants to bring out of us. So we, we, we have to have something with us. We, our response to that 
Ability is what's going to determine whether or not we end up good or great. Michael Jordan, we all, he was the greatest basketball player of all time. And if you doubt that, you can repent later, okay? Uh, it's not LeBron James. I love Larry Bird, but Michael Jordan is, is the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. But many of you, you probably know this, but Michael Jordan uh, was cut from his high school basketball team as a sophomore. He didn't make the varsity. Now think about that for just a minute. If you've played sports, you've played basketball of any kind, Michael Jordan was on the junior varsity in high school. He wasn't on varsity. He wasn't the best player. They asked him years later, they said, hey, how did it make you feel whenever you didn't make the varsity team? And Michael Jordan said this. He said, what I realized is I wasn't good enough. He said, I just wasn't good enough. And we've often heard it said that, that good is the enemy of great. And I understand that thought and I understand that premise. But, but can I tell you that if you're not good, you'll never be great. And I believe good is the foundation of great. And so I'm gonna talk just for a few minutes this morning about foundations of great leadership. And, and I believe that greatness is something that we, that we can go after, that we can pursue. It's our response to the ability God's put in us. Now, listen, I'm, I'm never going to be a great singer. Do you know why? Because I'm not a good singer, okay? Uh, but there are some other abilities God has given me that I wanna grow and I wanna become great in those things. The first time I preached, I remember I was 15 years old and I was scared to death. I preached for 15 minutes and thought it was an hour, okay? Hopefully I've gotten better since that first sermon I preached at 15. And hopefully you and I, we can get better, we can develop and we can grow in the abilities God has put in us. Never be afraid to pursue greatness. Never be afraid to, to respond to the abilities God's put in you because it's your response that's gonna determine whether or not you can become great. So Proverbs chapter 16, it's in the message translation, and there's really a lot to unpack here, but I just want to read this real quick and then pull out three words and talk about them. Uh, Proverbs 16, verses 10 through 15, it reads like this. It says, a good leader motivates. They don't mislead and they don't exploit. And God cares about honesty in the workplace. Your business is his business. Good leaders abhor wrongdoing of all kinds, and sound leadership has a moral foundation. Good leaders cultivate honest speech and they love advisors who tell them the truth. An intemperate leader wreaks havoc in lives and you're smart to stay clear of someone like that. Good-tempered leaders invigorate lives. They're like spring, rain, and sunshine. So let me just give you um, three quick points. Number one is this, a good leader motivates. A good leader motivates. The word motivate means is to stimulate interest and enthusiasm, and they provide vision and inspiration. So let me ask you this. What, why do you do what you do? What motivates you? Because the truth is whatever motivates you is what you're going to impart to others. Whatever your motivation is is what they're going to get from you. Okay. So if you're motivated by greed, that you'll never have enough, don't be surprised when the people you lead are greedy as well. If you're motivated by titles and power, and you're, anybody that gets in your way, you're just going to step on them and crush them. Don't, don't be surprised when somebody steps on you and crushes you. When the people that, that are under you, the people that God has put under your care to lead, that they, they push you aside so they can get ahead. So we've got to be careful with our motivation. See, what we do and why we do it influences the beliefs and behaviors of those we lead. 
it'll affect those. But if you're motivated by vision and you're motivated by helping others, can I tell you, you're gonna bring people alongside you, they're gonna do the same. I, my motivation, I have it tattooed on my arm. And this is what I live for every day, that your destiny is greater than your history. That's what motivates me. To, to, I want people to know that their, his, their destiny is greater than their history. It doesn't matter where you've been. What matters is where you're going. And I want to motivate people to pursue the destiny that God has for them. Every day I wake up and I see this, or I'm sitting in my office and I see this. Can I tell you, it motivates me to know that there's something greater ahead of me. God has purpose and destiny ahead of me that I can pursue and I can go after. But we've got to be careful because the root word for motivates is the word motive. And we've got to judge and we've got to examine our motives on a regular basis. Because if we're not careful, we can move from motivation into manipulation. And when you read this scripture, it says that Solomon, or Solomon refers in this passage, he says, don't be those that mislead or exploit. That word mislead literally means to be dishonest or to lack authenticity or to be underhanded. You ever known somebody that lacks authenticity? What do we call something that lacks authenticity? A fake, a fraud, they're a counterfeit. Can I tell you, if you're a fraud and a counterfeit, people, people will see. They may not see it right away, but eventually that's what they're going to see about you. They're gonna see that, that you're really not motivating them, but instead you're manipulating them along the way. He says, don't exploit them. That literally means to use someone or something for your own advantage. See, here's what I believe. That motivation empowers people, but manipulation controls people. Motivation is about commission, which means we're in this together. If you win, I win. We're in this together. That's commission, but, but manipulation is about submission, that it's all about me. I win, you lose. And as long as I win, everything's okay. But a leader that motivates, um, we motivate so other people can win, not just so we can win. And I don't want to use you just for my advantage. That's manipulating you. But we've got to check our motives. Jeremy Kingsley puts it like this. Manipulators produce resentment. Motivator, motivators produce respect. Can I tell you, we need to be people who produce respect. We need to be leaders that motivate people. The next word is that a good leader cultivates the word cultivates literally means to refine, to develop, to grow, or to break up the unplowed ground. When we look at the lives of the people that we are leading, the people around us, the people that God has, again, put under our care as leaders, we've got to be the people, we've got to be the leaders that help, help those people to develop and grow into their potential. And in some cases, we've got, to, we've got to call out the potential that's in them. We've got to call out things they don't see in themselves, but we see in them. And as leaders, we are called to cultivate and to see things in people that, that, that they don't even know are there. In fact, in this room today, can I tell you, there, there are gifts and there are potential and there are things in your life that have yet to be called out of you. But every, as a leader, we need to look at those we lead. And we need to pray and ask God, God, what is in them that you want me to see? What is in them that you want them to see? And God wants us to cultivate that. And sometimes we will be the ones that will break up the unplowed ground. We will be the ones to impart and to unlock something in their life. 
And, and God, I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life that, that I've had people under me that, that I, I didn't want to know their potential. I was so worried about me. I was so selfish as a leader. But can I tell you, when, you're, when you become selfless as a leader, the story becomes bigger than you. And it's about the people you, it's about them. Listen, you want to create, you want to create a, a place for them to succeed. Okay? When we think about when we think about Jesus and the, his followers and how, um, how, what he did, and if you read, and, and I'm not going to read the whole passage, but in Luke chapter 9, it says that Jesus called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power and authority. What Jesus said, I'm giving you what I have. And as good leaders, what we do, we have to lend others our equity. We hear that a lot around Church on the Rock about giving away your equity. And it's never been more evident really in my life here at Church on the Rock I've been on staff for almost 10 years. Next March will be 10 years. But when we were in our, our former building and we went to three services because we didn't have room to two services, and so Pastor Jackie said, hey, we're going we're gonna to develop this thing called a communication team. And he was going to preach two services, and then he was going to have somebody else preach the third service. And I was, got to be part of that communication team. And Pastor Jackie had never heard me preach. And I, I, I remember the first time I got to preach, I'm standing up there and Pastor Jackie's sitting right on the front row. Can I tell you, that was intimidating to me. But what was more intimidating when I saw him pull out his notepad and write stuff down. And I'm thinking, oh God, I'm in trouble. I shouldn't have said that. I'm thinking that, that I'm, I'm, you know, I'm messing up here and he's gonna, I'm gonna get called to his office tomorrow and I'm gonna get reprimanded and all that. But then can I tell you, he followed me. He preached the next service and when he got up to preach, he said, hey, in the last service, Pastor Rick said this, I thought it was really good. Well, can I tell you what that did for me? Yeah. You know what he did? He gave me equity. He gave me what he had. And Jesus said, I'm gonna give you equity. I'm gonna give you what I have. Pastor Jackie unlocked something in me. And as I was preparing for this, I really felt, you may question whether the Lord really gave me this, but I really believe he did. I believe that what the, one of the things that we have to understand that if we're not cultivating, then we're castrating. If we're not calling out their potential, then we're cutting off their potential. And God wants us to call out the potential. God wants us to call out the giftings and the grace in others. Can tell you, every pastor that I've worked for, they've unlocked something in me and they've imparted something to me. And everybody that you lead, can I tell you, you're unlocking something in them and you're imparting something into them. So what are, they, what are the people you're leading, what are they gonna take with you when they leave you? What are they gonna take from you when they leave, when they leave you? I used to have this philosophy that, that anybody that worked for me, my goal was I would want them to work for me again. And that, that's a decent goal right? You want people, you don't want to burn bridges and have people not want to work for you anymore, right? But the Lord one day convicted me, said that your goal is all about you. What he said, he said, when people leave you, you should want them to be better than when they showed up. And that only happens when we cultivate, when we begin to invest, when we begin to call out and develop the potential that's in them. So a good leader motivates, a good leader cultivates, and then thirdly, a good leader invigorates. That word invigorates, it literally means a life of, uh, full of life and energy and refreshing. Can I tell you, there's nothing more toxic in an organization than a lifeless leader. A leader without vision, a leader without a plan, without a purpose, without direction. It, it, it's a leader that when you're in the room with them, you feel worse. 
you feel worse. But we should be the type of leaders that make people better. See, invigorating, see, if you're not an invigorating leader, you could be an irritating leader. I, I remember being in, in, in Bible school and, um, and we had chapel every day. And uh, I, we would, there was a certain group of us, we would get there early to chapel, not because we were excited about who was speaking or excited about the service. We had to get the chair with the pole right behind it. So when the, whoever was speaking, we could lean our head against the pole and sleep. Because really, a lot of the speakers we had, they were just irritating. They were boring. They were like, oh, there's nothing there. You know? And a lot of it was my attitude. I, I know that. But, but can I tell you, as a, and if, I want to be an invigorating leader. When I step in the room, the atmosphere changes. That when we leave this room, that you're better because, not because I, just because I was here, but because there's something that God put in me to give to you that you could develop, you could grow, that you could be better when we leave this room. See, I believe an invigorating leader reawakens dreams that have died. They give people hope. They let people know that, that something can change. I, I, I was thinking this, I was praying this morning, and I was thinking about those days in chapel that we would, I would sit there and, I would lean back. And the days I didn't get the pole were the days I was doing this. And then a professor would come, hey, need to wake up. I began to think about that deeper this morning and, 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 and I just had this thought that I think invigorating leaders, they move, you, they move you from the back of your seat to the front of your seat. They move you to the edge of your seat that you just can't wait to get something from them. That when they step into the room, when they, when they grab a mic or they stand up, all of a sudden you're, 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 they got your attention and they're like, I, I, gotta, I know there's something in there that I need. I love the story of the, of the woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. And, and um, it says that there were a lot of people touching Jesus, but when she touched him, he stopped everything and said, power's gone out for me. You know why? Because she made a demand on what was in Jesus. And invigorating leaders, can I tell you, when, when I'm around an invigorating leader, I'm making a demand on what's in them because I want something that they have. And we need to be those type of people that when people are in our presence, again, not for a prideful way because God has put something in us that people want what we have. And when we are invigorating leaders, we have the power to change the direction of an organization, change the direction of our team. We have the power to change the atmosphere in a room. Growing up, there was a commercial about E.F. Hutton, and it says, when E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Invigorating leaders, you know what they do? They make people listen. And God wants us to be invigorating leaders. Now listen, I believe in this room and those listening to the podcast, there's a great leader inside of you. There's a great leader inside of you. God has deposited seeds of greatness inside of you. Listen, you may not be great yet, you may not be a great leader yet, but take the ability God's put in you and respond to it in the right way. I love the scripture in, in Galatians chapter six. It says, so let's not grow weary in doing good. <laughs> Can't tell you, let's not grow weary in motivating people. Let's not grow weary in cultivating people. Let's not grow weary in invigorating people. Let's not grow weary in inspiring people. Let's not grow weary in reaching people because if good is the foundation of great, the more good you stack on top of one another, 
it's going to become great. I love Zig Ziglar. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. He says this. He says, you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. And I want to encourage you today. Start being great. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you. Thank you for the seeds of greatness you've put inside of us. Thank you for calling us to leadership. Thank you, God, for allowing us to lead where we lead, to do what we do. God, if we have any impure motives, God, would you reveal those to us, God? Because we want to be uh, we want to be motivators, not manipulators. God, I pray that you would help us to cultivate people, to grow people, and not to castrate them. God, show us if we've cut anyone off from their potential, God. And Lord, we just if we have, we repent, and God, we ask you to give us another shot to help us, God, to grow and to develop in this area. And God, help us to be people that invigorate and not irritate. God, help us to be people that just inspire, that challenge, that call out the greatness in others. And God, we bless you and we love you. Thank you for today, God. Lord, help us to make a difference in somebody's life today because you made a difference in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, God. Hey, thanks for listening to our Leadership Podcast. If this podcast inspires you and helps you grow as a leader, help us and others out by liking, sharing, and subscribing to show your support and never miss an episode. Until next time, thank you for letting us be a part of your leadership journey.